Thanks, Josh. How is it, Ronnie? You alright? Yeah, good. Pumped up. Hey, I'm really excited to be here with you. This is the main event. I had church this morning, but that was just like the warm-up. But tonight is the main event, hey? And there's no other place that I would rather be than here with you all tonight. You pumped? Do you know who really believes that God is going to speak to them tonight? I just want to encourage you all that, you know, youth is great to come and have fun and, and, you know, get into arcade games. I love that arcade machine. I'm going to steal that on the way out. I don't know how I'm going to get that on carry on, but I'll figure it out, get back to Adelaide. But it's all great fun to be able to have fun with your mates and get together and all that. But the truth is that it's all about Jesus. It's all about learning and hearing and getting to know our God and Creator. Cool? Hey, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've been praying for you all for weeks now, and uh, I have a message for you, and I tell you what, I've been wrestling with it for a while uh, because it can be quite full on, but I really feel that as teenagers, we need to be aware of this early so that we can go on uh, in our lives. Sound good? All right, brilliant. So t- the title of my message for all of you who are playing along at home is called Carry the Fire. Ouch, it is hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Have you ever been in a situation, right, where you've completely missed the point? Like where you thought it was kind of fun and games, but really it was something really quite serious? Have you ever been in one of those situations before? When I was in uh, like preschool, I'm from Western Australia, right, originally. I live in Adelaide. I'm a youth pastor in Adelaide, by the way, just so you know. I'm not just some random guy that Josh just kind of brought in, but uh, I'm a youth pastor here in, in Adelaide. And uh, when I lived in, in Perth in, in preschool, um, we were there one day, and I remember it was around Easter time. Who loves Easter? Chocolate is brilliant. And uh, I loved Easter because we... Uh, we would have this great celebration going on at Easter at our kindy. And I was looking forward to it for weeks. What was happening was the Easter bunny was going to come and visit. And I was like, yes, that means chocolate. And so I remember throughout the whole day, like we turn up. And, and then uh, at some point throughout the day, um, my teacher receives a phone call. And uh, she goes to all of us, okay, class, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Now, what we need to do, because we're, we're like in the kindy area, right? And so all of the windows were, like you could, there's windows everywhere. She said, okay, what we need everyone to do now is to crawl, to stay low the, the rest of the day. Because what's going to happen is the Easter bunny is going to turn up and put Easter eggs all in the playground. I remember thinking at the time, yes, this is it. I'm going to just eat so much Easter eggs. It's going to be the best thing ever. So I remember we were there for ages. And then all of a sudden... Uh, a police officer comes to, the, comes to the door, knocks on the door. And I'm thinking, oh, he must be here for the Easter eggs. Well, come on, mate, you've got to bob down because the Easter bunny is going to turn up any minute now. And uh, next thing you know, we're being all rushed from this building. Everyone's getting rushed out of this building. And I remember, like, I still remember to this day looking back at, at the building we were in going, but what about the Easter eggs? Like, I want my Easter eggs. And it turns out, that the person across the road had uh, lost the plot and uh, he was threatening to harm all the kids in this kindergarten. And at that time, I had had no idea of the seriousness that was going on around me. How intense is that? Full on, right? See, sometimes I think that's how we view life, right? 
Life is so much fun, and being teenagers is so much fun. It, like, it's the best. We, can, we get to hang out with family. We get to hang out with friends. We like playing sport, music. Who here plays some sport here? Nice, yeah. It's about, there's so many ovals in this place. Like, there's so many like, sports teams in this one city. You know, who likes playing music and listening to music? You know, do we have any One Direction fans in the house? Anyone a 1D fan? No? Young and free, yeah, that's the goods right there. Young and free, that is the goods. And, uh, you know, life is all about having fun. But have you ever stopped to think about what your absolute purpose for this life is? Because it's so important that we get from a young age an understanding of what we are called to do on this earth and where we're supposed to go. Have you ever thought about it? Why are you put here? Well, I'm here to tell you that you were put on this earth to carry the fire. Now, I'm not condoning, you know, being an arsonist or, you know, like walking around with matches in your pockets or, or anything like this. But what I mean is your purpose in this life is to carry the fire of the gospel everywhere you go. So, if you've got your Bibles, will you turn with me to Matthew 5? 13 to 16. Who has their Bible here? Put your, put your Bible in there if you've got your Bible. Good work. I'm seeing phones being lifted. Doesn't count. Can we, can we, can we make it a goal? Can we make it a, a passion for this youth ministry to bring your Bibles along? It's not really that hard to bring it along, you know? Bring your Bible along. Bring your notepad. I know that, you know, every week Pastor Josh is, is working his bottom off and all the leaders are working their bottoms off to, to prepare something to bring to you. The least we can do is to write this stuff down. I remember when I was a teenager, I used to go and I used to like, you know, write down all the messages and stuff that I, as much as I could from all like the different pastors who'd come and visit. And now I still go back and I look at it and go, oh, you know, like that's some, that's some good stuff. That's some rock solid stuff. And I just want to encourage you to make the commitment to bring this stuff along because that's when you get the most out of stuff. Cool. All right, Matthew 5, 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set, set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand... And, uh, sorry, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Your purpose in this life, on this earth, is to be someone who carries the light of God everywhere they go. That's your job. You know, that doesn't mean that you're expected to like every day, you know, as soon as you go to school and assembly or something like that, you know, stand up like the principal's like, okay, everyone, here's your thing. You walk up like, all right, everybody, you need Jesus. Oh, you know, like that's not, that's not what's going to happen. I guarantee you'll get taken down hardcore. But your, your job on this earth is to share the love of God with people around you. We are called to be light to the world. That's in every aspect, wherever we might go. 
I want to share something with you that is, is the foundations of that. For you and, all, you and I, you and I maybe even, to start. And it's a story in the Bible. It may seem a bit intense to start off with, but I'll explain it all. Are you ready? Is it all right if I read the Bible to you? Is that all right? Yeah, good. All right, cool. It's Luke, it's Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. There is a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously. Everyone say sumptuously. Sumptuously. It's actually kind of fun to say sumptuously. Every day. And at the gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Everyone say Lazarus. Covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Ew. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, being tormented, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And they called out, sorry, and he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you, in your lifetime, received your good things. And Lazarus, in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us there is a great chasm. And we tra- Sorry, I will just travel on to the next bit. And then the rich man said in verse 27, He said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they come down to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they surely will repent. And he said to him, If they do not hear from Moses and the prophets, neither they will be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. That's an intense story in the Bible, isn't it? A lot of you kind of thinking, what? We're just talking about, you know, having fun at youth and then we're going to this. I know it's intense, but bear with me. There's something I really want you to get hold of this tonight. And if you grab hold of this, I guarantee your life will never, ever be the same. Who wants to leave here changed? Yeah? Great. All right. See, we see in this this story... Two guys, one a really rich dude and one a very poor dude. Both die and then they have their judgment. You know, the truth is one day, every single person, every person in this room is going to stand before God. And we're going to make an account for our lives, right? We're going to stand before him and God is going to say either one or two things. Well done, my good and faithful servant, or I never knew you. That's pretty full on to hear, isn't it? And I think it's so important that we as, as, we as young people hear this. Because the way that you live your life now is going to dictate how you're going to live out the rest of your life. And I've brought something to show you. I don't know if you've ever, someone's ever explained this to you. I need a volunteer. Pete. Can you, can you grab this rope for me? And I need you to just keep reeling it out. Keep going. That's it, yeah, keep going. Just keep walking. Yeah, that's it, mate, keep going. I did have it untangled. That's all right. 
Yeah, keep going. Maybe you need to walk that way a little bit. Yeah, that's it. Uh-oh. There's a tangle. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens in life, isn't it? Now, I want you to have a look at this piece of rope for me, right? It's just a regular piece of rope. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. You can take a seat. You can make your way back here. Leave that there. Awesome. Give him a round of applause. What a legend. You know, can everybody see this tiny piece of orange tape on here, right? Can you see that? You know, this rope here represents your life. But here on this orange piece right here, this represents your life, your time here on earth. Whereas this rope represents the scheme of eternity. So how you live your life for this tiny moment of time dictates how you're going to spend the rest of your life in eternity. In the scheme of things, that's a long time. Can someone please tell me what you wore on your first day of school? You can't remember. You might be thinking, oh, I think I wore a hat once, maybe. I don't know. But in the scheme of things, when you live the rest of your life in eternity in the best place ever, you're going to look back to your life here and you're not really going to think much about it. You're going to think, oh, yeah, I think I wore a hat once. Do you know what I mean? How you live your life and the important things that you, the things that you prioritize in your life now are really going to dictate the rest of of eternity. Knowing this, let's continue on the story. So the rich man, he goes to hell, while the poor man goes to heaven. Now hell for the rich man is absolute hell, the worst thing you could ever think of. He, you know, it's so bad that all he wishes is that, that, that Lazarus, that's what he says to Abraham, would you please just dip his finger in cold water because it's so bad, like, it's so bad, could you please just do something about it? But the thing is, the way that he lived this dictated the way that he lived this. How do you feel about that? It's pretty full on, isn't it? And I'm, I, I'm not trying to scare you tonight. I'm not trying to cause you to have nightmares or to never come back to this youth ministry ever again. But I just want you to kind of understand that, that it is quite serious. This life that we live is not just fun and games, but there is something serious about it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how can I avoid what that rich man lived in? How can I do whatever I can to get out of there? Well, check this out. This story gives you the, the answer of how you can. So when he tells the story, he doesn't tell about how uh, the rich man or Lazarus any good things they did. It didn't, it didn't really talk about their life very much, did it? It just talked about the after stuff. So the first thing I want you to notice in this story is that Jesus, Abraham says to him, all your good things, write that down. Number one is all your good things. See, it almost looks like in this story that Jesus is telling everyone to sell everything you own and become poor. But that's not what he's saying. See, in verse 24 and 5, he says, he calls out for mercy, but Abraham says that you had all of your good things. What he's saying is that you made your priorities in your life. You decided who was the ruler of your life, and that was everything that you ever wanted. 
He's saying to him that you filled your life up with things, good things, but you made them your boss. Now, I wonder whether there might be things in our life that we have made our absolute priority. Like, would it be a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Would it be um, music or an Xbox? Would it be um, our friends at school? Would it be, I don't know, your favorite band? What, what, what is it in our life that we may have put as a priority over God? See, Abraham said to him, you decided in your life that rather than follow after God, you decided that your, your priority in life is the things of this world. See, the truth is, right, that God is a, is, a, is a loving God, and he loves us all so immensely. And his dream and his goal is he, that he wants each and every one of us to be able to spend eternity with him, to be able to just enjoy the day-to-day with him and be able to enjoy life with him. But we have this lie that the enemy comes in and he says, do you know what? Life is so much better without this God, without following after him. Just like in John 10.10, 10, it says, there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. That a life following after God is actually the best life. I'm going to trip over this rope at some point. Are you still with me? I haven't scared you too much. Oh. <laughs> this guy had everything that he ever wanted. He had all the food, the money, the women, the power, but in the end, it absolutely meant nothing. I remember I had this dream once where I was swimming in a pool of money. Everyone had one of those dreams before? And I remember I was like, oh, I might just sleep in this pool. And I was like holding the money as if it was a pillow. And then I woke up in the morning and I was holding my pillow in the exact same position that I had that money. And that's kind of like life. All these things that we kind of just like want to hold on to, all these things that we think is perfect. But in the end, it's actually meaningless. It's actually pointless. The second thing is my mate Lazarus. Everyone say, my mate Lazarus. All right, we're getting to the good stuff now. Did you notice something about this story that is, is a little bit weird? See, the next point that I really want you to see is the only reason that the rich man did not get to heaven. Are you ready? It's all in the name. Did you notice that the story is called the rich man and Lazarus? It's not the parable of Gary and his mate Baza. It's the rich man and Lazarus. The reason why he does this is because it's showing us that this man, Lazarus, was a friend of Jesus. If you want to get the most out of life, if you want to make sure that when eternity comes, that you're spending your eternity with Jesus, it's be a friend of Jesus. It's know Jesus and be known by him. You know, I've been a youth pastor for quite some time now, and, and I, my dream and my absolute goal is to see every single teenager that comes uh, in through our doors, or I come across to get the most out of their relationship with God, Jesus, by actually having a relationship with Jesus. It's all pointless to come to church or come to youth and then walk away and do nothing with it. It's got to be one of those things that we, we want to get the most out of Jesus. And that's by spending time in the Bible, 
that's by getting into a small group, that's by um, spending time worshipping at church, being a part of a, a cool environment like that, and that's how you grow your relationship with God. Who he has a best mate? Or a friend, at least. <laughs> how do you get to know your friend well? Is it by like texting them like once a month? Or is it by like hanging out with them as much as you can every day, you know, like and chatting with them and talking these things through and, and all that kind of stuff? That is the same way that you grow your relationship with God. I want to encourage you that to make that your absolute, absolute, absolute priority. He had, see, the rich guy, he didn't even bother to know God. He knew about God. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd heard about God because he even says, like, he even knew, he knew about Abraham. He said Abraham by name, but the thing is, he didn't know God personally. He knew all the things about God, but he didn't know God personally. So you can know about something without knowing them intimately. Just like ask any believer. They can fact, they can tell you any fact about Justin Bieber, can't they? They can tell you anything. You know, they can tell you, oh, yeah, his favorite color is purple. And um, on the 8th of February, 1940, he wasn't around, but 8th of February, 2014, he had an itchy nose. And they can tell you all this stuff about him, but they actually don't know him face to face. If he were to walk down the street, he probably wouldn't even recognize them. It takes time and effort to build your relationship with God. And that's where he stayed. This guy just knew about God, but that's where he stayed. See, there's a difference between a relational knowledge and an informational knowledge. That's all that believer stuff. You want to get the most out of life? Know God. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. That's all you need to get saved. That's it. How simple is that? Have a relationship with Jesus. There's nothing more. There's nothing less. Don't add to it. Don't take it away. Just spend time with him. The third thing is, send a zombie. See, the rich guy pleads with Lazarus to go back, sorry, to go and, so he pleads with Abraham. He says to him, hey, can you go send Lazarus back from the dead to tell all my friends? Go and warn them about what's happened here with me. Please send them a sign. But Abraham says, but no, no, no. This guy's had Moses and the prophets. This guy's had all this information already. You see, we live in a, a generation where people are constantly like, oh, I'll follow God if he just shows me a sign. You know, have you heard that before? Someone's like, oh, I'll follow God if, you know, he turns water into wine again. Or I'll follow God if he does this or he does that. But the thing is, right, all that you ever need to know about God, all that you ever need for a relationship with Jesus is right here in this Bible. And what Abraham was saying is, he wasn't saying like, oh yeah, all you need to know is in, is in Moses and the prophets. He's, what he was referring to was their version of the Bible, was what they had back then. All you need to know to grow this relationship with God comes down to what's in this Bible. Take the time, teenagers, to do whatever you can 
to get into the Word of God because that's where you grow that relationship with Him. What do you need God to do so that you can believe and follow after Him? Like, what do you need? I feel like it doesn't matter what He does, what, it doesn't matter what you know, sign or whatever it is, you were not going to take Him seriously. He's saying, my word is more than enough. Just take the time to build that relationship with me. Draw close to me, and I'll draw close to you. So how does this relate to carrying the fire? Who here has had a bonfire before? Who here has played with fire at some point before? You, you know, the closer you get to fire, the hotter it gets, hey? I remember at my formal, uh, we had all these candles on our table, and um, we had these big, long tables, and, and I remember it gets to the night where, the point in the night where they're, like, they're, they're doing all these speeches, and um, I remember one of my friends, he's, he's, he's a bit of like, a pyromaniac, you know, he likes to light things up and all of that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, he was there one day, and um, he was sitting at the edge, and I could just see him, like, as, as it going on, and he hid his napkin. And he was kind of just like putting it into the flame a little bit, you know, just so it could go out. And the speeches were going on and everyone was like super serious and, you know, like, oh, I just, you know, really want to being so grateful for this school and all this kind of stuff. And next thing I know is I see this flash from the corner of my eye and uh, the napkin had lit up. And he kind of like stood up and was like trying to subtly get to like the ice box on the other side of the room. And he's like, oh. And so anyway, he's, he thinks the fire's gone out and next thing you know, his sleeve is like kind of lit up and he's just kind of like taking off across the room, like trying to subtly do it. The thing is, right, the closer you get to fire, the higher chance it is to burn up. Isn't that right? See, the closer you get to Jesus, the more that you catch the, the things that he has for your life. The more time you spend with him, the more you get passionate about the things that he has for your life. The more you get to know him, the more that you want to share love with other people, the more that you want to see more um, things set free in other people. So if you want to carry the fire in your world, if you want to see change happen in the people in your school, spend more time with Jesus. See, I remember this, uh, this story this preacher once had, if, if the musos want to jump up on stage. And um, he said, I want you to pretend... I want you to imagine that at the end of life, you're either going to be going up an escalator or down an escalator, right? You're heading up to an escalator and you're heading up to heaven. But imagine as you're heading up, you see all of your friends coming down the escalator, heading in the opposite direction to you. And they're kind of going, why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you say something about it? And I remember that really hit me because I thought I have such an opportunity to be able to see my friends get the most out of their life and be, and be set free from the things that they're carrying. You know, teenagers, I, 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 I really want you to catch this today. You know, when I first, when Josh first asked me, I had this message set up and it was a lot funnier than this. And you would have walked away going, oh, that guy's a really cool guy, you know, or whatever. But, you know, in my time of prayer and preparation, I just really felt, you know, God just staring saying, do you know what? 
One youth need to be set alight with me. They need to, to refocus on me, to put aside the things in their life that, they, that might be getting more of a priority in their life and to focus again on me. I don't want you to miss this tonight. I don't want you to walk away and just go, that was a fun night and you know, it was maybe slightly scary about what that guy said. Or I want you to, to grab hold of what I'm saying. We need to be a generation that is carrying that fire into our schools and seeing change. So we're going we're gonna to go back into a time of worship in a moment and I'm going to open up this front. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. You know, some of the leaders are going to be around and give you a, come and pray for you. And you're going to have an opportunity for two things. First thing is, are there things that are in your life that might be pulling you away from God? Are there areas in your life that might be pulling you in a direction that's not healthy? Are there things that you're seeing, whether it's things you're seeing online, there's things that you might be looking at or listening to or watching, or are there things that are slowly pulling you away from God? Are there, are there friends in your world who may not be positive Maybe pulling you away from the, this purpose of God, putting out that fire in your life. And the second thing is, if you just want to come and just go, God, I want to have this relationship with you. I want to know you and be known by you. I want to be a close friend of yours. I want to have that, that good relationship with you. So why don't you stand?